When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can we just break down one more time for the people what happened last night? We're not going to let game three slide by like it never happened. Um, so 16 you know, runs in a playoff game, allowing a, the first major league postseason cycle to a bench player. Yeah. What is going on in New York? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here's your host, Kyle Corwin. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 13. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, my guy, what, uh, what happened? I don't know, buddy. I don't know truth is uh after the red sox pulled up i think like 10-0 uh i kind of checked out i'm not gonna lie i kind of uh I, I kind of started to go a little heavy with the beers and try to numb the pain so you know i think it was just it was a rough one let's just say i'm still recovering well, I'm hoping it wasn't a beer per run because I'd be a little concerned about you if that was the case. It was probably pretty close. Not going to lie to you. Now, speaking of things that also didn't go well for you, tell me a little bit more about this uh, TBS coverage that you seem to have a problem with. You text me about. Yeah, so TBS sucks. Um, their coverage is not good. The guys that they choose to talk, no bueno. Um, on top of their actual coverage. Like, I think it blacked out last week at some, like, regions that were close to the game. There was, like, the, the blackout type. Well, yeah, uh, I, I, had mentioned to you, I had mentioned to you last week for the AL wildcard game, it was pretty much like the entire East Coast. Yeah. It, and, then, uh, and then I was watching a game uh, a few days ago, and, like, the, it was just black. Like, nothing was happening on – channel that tbs that was rolling on other channels are working this one wasn't working tbs sucks ron darling is horrible should not be should not be commenting uh on anything happening from this era because he played so long ago and he wasn't that good (laughs) right so like just find people that are relevant or that like the average fan knows well, I mean, I know I tweeted about this watching the Red Sox Yankees game last night, and we'll get in more. We'll get more into that game later. But they were commenting on how I believe it was Lance Lynn fell off the mound, and how he had put his landing foot in a hole, and that they, the grounds crew needed to come out and fix it. When if you go back and look at the replay, there was no hole. It was simply <laughs> a slick surface that he slipped on. Yeah. And I'm just like, you yeah. guys clearly don't know what you're talking about. You're seeing the same things we are. It's just really bad. It's really bad. And, like, I mean, 
I don't know where else it would go. Honestly, Fox, I, I guess, kind of does okay. ESPN is also garbage on most of what they do. Um, so it's like, uh, I don't know. MLB Network just needs to be uh, viewable for everybody and needs to cover every game. Sorry. Yeah, I just, just, I just, I mean, they've been doing it for a while now, but I still don't think that they've really gotten their act together. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, because it's Turner, right? It's Turner Sports, um, which is the Braves owner. So it's like, now the Braves are out. Hopefully TBS is out. Just stop covering games. Well, speaking of being out, a few teams over the past few days, past week, have been sent home. uh, Three of which we're going to cover. The, was it, the Rockies the Braves and the Indians. Um, It really, it makes me wonder though, is it, is it wrong of me to say that the postseason, at least in regards to the divisional rounds, it's been relatively non-competitive because we've had Milwaukee clinch in three games, Houston clinched in three games and the Dodgers clinched in four. But the thing about that series is to me, there really wasn't any question on who was going to be the team that come, that came out of that that round. I think it just took LA an extra game. Yeah. Um, it, but overall, like on on a macro level, not necessarily on a game by game basis in terms of closeness. To me, it just doesn't seem like there's been much competition among these divisional rounds. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I think we saw. Well, you and I talked about it multiple times over the last few weeks. We've definitely saw uh, the Indians just kind of coasting into the playoffs. Um, They hadn't played a game that really meant anything in a long time. Um, And they really didn't hit at all uh, throughout the series. I mean, they didn't figure it out once. Um, And we just saw Houston come in there and be Houston. And, like, uh, I think... We kind of saw that coming. I think both of us had Houston moving on to the to the championship series. Yep. Um, that will be, I think, a better competition, whether it's the Yankees or the Red Sox. I think that series will mean something um, and be a little bit more exciting. Uh, it probably doesn't help that they didn't have any primetime games. I understand people are upset about that. Um, you know, Rockies lost at home. They also didn't hit which was a little strange. They were the the team that obviously can really hit. They have a stacked lineup, um, especially at home. I, I, I honestly would have expected them to at least take one of the games at home and not get swept. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, obviously their pitching isn't what got them there. Uh, so I figured run support was going to come around, and it never did. And then uh, with the Braves, I mean, just ahead of schedule. You know, we, we've, I think we all kind of saw it coming again. You know, it was very impressive to, to take the NL East. Um, but the Nationals kind of imploded. The Phillies were also ahead of schedule. Um, and so it was just more or less like, hey, congrats, you got there, but I don't think you have a real shot. And I didn't, I, I don't think it ma- would have mattered who went, if, if the Rockies would have, pulled out the division and played the Braves, I think the Rockies probably would have won that. Now, yeah. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. thinking about the way the Rockies played as well. But 
I just, uh, yeah, for me, the Braves, good job, pat on the butt. We'll see you next year. Well, speaking of the Rockies, you had kind of alluded to not really having much offense. Uh, Milwaukee pitchers held Colorado to, uh, they held them scoreless in 27 of the 28 innings of the National League Division Series. So not really the greatest offensive output by that team over that stretch. Um, really bad. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty awful. Um, it was Milwaukee's kind of sticking with that series. Uh, it was Milwaukee's first postseason series sweep. Um, and with the sweep, they're now riding an 11 game winning streak into the NLCS. So at least in the national league, it's looking like they're the team to beat. So yeah, finally. Cause like even there were still some haters for that series. You know what I mean? Like there were yeah. still people saying, nah, Milwaukee's still not the one. It's like, Dude, they might be finding them, them, you know, themselves in the World Series pretty soon. Yeah, and it's weird. I'm seeing on social, like on Instagram and stuff, I'm seeing all these World Series prediction graphics, and I'm seeing Milwaukee's logo up there, and it just, I still haven't wrapped my head around that, and like what that would look like. It just, that would just be a very, very interesting development. But again, I think they have the pieces to get there. It's just a matter of whether or not they can get past LA, which again. Still think LA will end up in the World Series, but I guess only time will tell. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be real. I don't. I don't think I can even name one of their starters. I mean, I, I got Shasin. Um, that's about it. That's all I can think of. And he's not even their main front runner. Like they just have. They have a really good bullpen. They have the NL MVP on their team. They got the mojo. They got the underdog. They got, you know. The funny thing is when it comes to baseball, well, most sports in general, but when you have a team that wasn't predicted to be there and is doing well, everyone else in the country, if their team is out, they become the fan of them. You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. So it's it's they got more than Milwaukee on their side. They've got most of the country on their side. Um, you know, if I'm in Cleveland – now that my boys are done, I'm I'm gonna be rooting for the Brewers. You know, yeah. And so, I, mean, I mean, the turnouts too. Like if if you've tuned in to any of the Milwaukee games at Miller Park, I mean, oh, their, their place is rocking yeah. on game day, and it, it's really cool to see. Especially like you said, having the presumed NL MVP, it's just it's really cool to see all these pieces coming together for him at the right time, and having a fan base behind him to support him, which is again, it's just really cool for. For baseball, for that city, for that team, yeah, um, it's it'll be it'll be impressive again if they can if they can figure it out in the NLCS and make it to the World Series. See, let me let me ask you something that's kind of a little off topic, but it's relevant um, specifically with the Brewers. You know, we I, I just I have memories, so much memories of of um, you know playoff baseball and it being kind of cold, and we got. Our favorite players bundled up and, you know, dugouts are wearing jackets and you know what I mean? Right. It's just kind of the atmosphere. It's what you get. It's this is where you really show up. You're not going to hit balls 475 feet all the time like we saw the other night with Sanchez. Like that. that's not normal. So, I mean, it's just like you're not going to see these mammoth home runs because it's cold. And, and you know, you're going to see more just hard-nosed baseball almost. Right. Does it kind of – these indoor stadiums when they make it or retractable domes or whatever, does it kind of take away from that a little for you? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest. I mean, we've talked about stadiums on here before, and you know that I'm not the biggest fan of the untraditional stadium, if you will. And in regards to October, I, I probably would agree with you. I just don't think it's the first thing that comes to mind when we think October baseball. We don't think of the glass roof with the sun shining through and there's sh- right. there's shadows on the field. It, to me, that's just not October. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure for the players and the people that are attending the games, I'm sure it's, sure. it's not, yeah. not it's, a terrible deal. It's probably more enjoyable from that standpoint. But I think, I don't know, there's just something about it where, like, it it really gets – it's called the fall classic. It's supposed to be fall. You know what I mean? And it's supposed to feel that way. Right. And so, like, last night's game, uh, Yankee Stadium was just a, a definitely a representation of that where you got this, this mist, this fog. It's not cold, but it's definitely not, you know, warm and an enjoyable July day. Yeah, you know what I mean? it wasn't so, an, it wasn't enjoyable there for a lot of reasons for a lot of yeah. people. Um, Go ahead. We got to get to it eventually, right? <laughs> no, I would. I actually want to cover Houston first. And I especially want to cover my guy, Marwin Gonzalez, who so many people laughed at me for picking him in our 2019 free agent <laughs> draft. I forgot you picked him. <laughs> hits, the, hits the go-ahead bases clearing double to send Houston to the ALCS. You're welcome. Uh, seven for 13 with five RBIs in that series. Not a bad line. And we can't. We also can't forget his time, his game tie ninth inning homer off uh, Jansen last year in Game Two of the World Series. So I'm not feeling all that bad about picking Marwin Gonzalez to be my right fielder for my free agent class. So very fair, very fair. Way to stick to your guns, buddy. I still take the rest of the lineup. The rest of my lineup wins, but I'll give you that one. Yeah. So like we were saying earlier, Houston clinches in three games i really don't think i was a surprise to anybody even the biggest indians fans that i know uh i I don't even think that they were all too surprised or disappointed it's hard to be disappointed when you're going up against arguably the best team in the american league i i feel differently about that obviously um but you can't argue the depth of their staff their offensive firepower it's they're just they're on a roll right now verlander is just their staff in general, it's that's Scary. that's gonna be a yeah, that's that's a tough one to beat. Yeah, they're they're kind of the the opposite side of the script where for the last couple of years we've been saying uh bullpen wins you playoff games, bullpen's gonna get you there, kind of thing. Um they don't have the greatest bullpen, but their staff is just that good. I mean, when you can go out and just dominate for three games um and i mean you still got guys in the bull that they just moved to the bullpen that you're probably staff guys right you know earlier in the year yet uh mccullers going into the bullpen and McHugh who threw yesterday so you got those guys moving into the bullpen that kind of gives you those two and three inning options um with say a you know a guy going too high on pitch count and you're not quite there for the for the you know, middle relief set up closer roles yet. So it's, uh, they're, they're scary and their offense is popping right now. So it's like, I don't know, man, I, they're scary. I would argue that they might be better than they were last year. I would definitely say that they're, they're much better off this year. Yeah. Um, 
so do you see, and it's probably a premature conversation, but we could have this again at any point. Do you see the Astros turning into the Royals in a few years to where you're seeing they can't keep the core together? You get a couple, one or two guys that retire, and then all of a sudden they're they're done. Do you see that again? No, I would say I would say not simply because I don't see the Astros having a quote unquote core. I just think that the Astros are so deep right now, both yeah. both at the major league level and in their farm system that not to say that any guy is replaceable by any means, but yeah, if you can interchange guys at the drop of a hat you're not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. And again, I just think both with their pitching and their, their offensive output, I think statistically they have one of the best defenses in the league as well um, in terms of fielding percentage. So, I mean, even if they lost a couple guys, I still think they'd be able to fill in those holes, whether it's paying for somebody or just pulling somebody up. I think they'll be fine at least, at least for the, the coming years. Because they gotta start paying guys eventually. They right. gotta start paying guys, and I, I, I can safely say I think Keiko will be gone. Um, I think they're gonna say goodbye to him, and uh, you know I think the next chip that would fall, uh, honestly, probably Marwin Gonzalez. Um, I think they'll keep that infield core together for a little bit uh, until someone gets you know a big fat check. And then you're going to start to see guys leave, and it's—I uh, don't know—it's—it's—it it's, gets to the point of, I think, from a player's perspective, hey, we got the ring, or hey, I have two rings. It's time for me to take care of myself and take care of my family and get a paycheck. Right. And so you know, fans kind of, kind of frown upon that and look down on those players that decide that. But the truth is, is that you know, that's that's kind of your goal is to get that ring. And then make sure you're setting your family up for life. So I think we'll see a couple guys do that. But enough with the Astros. Let's get to the main reason why I'm hungover. Well, I'm going to delay that that pain just a little longer. I want to no. talk about Clayton Kershaw and, Ooh, how, okay. and how I really think he got the monkey off his back in game two. He pitched the night after we put out that episode because we record. I think last episode we were recording during Game One, um, yeah. And he obviously wasn't going in that game. They were saving him for the next day, um, but the dude was just lights out. Two hits over eight innings. It was it was incredible to see so much speculation about whether he was going to continue to struggle, similar to David Price, not nearly as bad as David Price. Um, in my opinion, but no. still kind of that, that monkey, like I said, where he's, he's just unable to, to live up to the regular season version of himself. Yeah. Um, but I think if you can get moving forward, uh, especially heading to play Milwaukee, I think if, if you can kind of get him back, like I said, to the regular season season version of himself, they're gonna they're gonna have something to say about uh, Milwaukee and the NLCS, and I think I think again like with Machado, obviously. Uh, yeah, in, he had a pretty his, good series. In, yeah, and especially Game Four had the three run home run, which was 
essentially the dagger that put it away. Um, their offense seems to be clicking a little bit. Atlanta didn't have much to say about that. Um, I think they're in a good spot, and I'll say it again. I have them in the World Series, and I, and I think for good reason. I think that they have, similar to Milwaukee, as we've seen develop over the last few weeks, they have the – LA has the pieces to to get it done and yeah I think Kershaw as many people would hope many people would expect he's going to be a big part of that here in the next couple of weeks yeah and we're going to see a lot of people rooting for Milwaukee cuz I hate the Dodgers personally and I'm I know I'm not the only one you know right but uh, you're right I mean it's they they're a team that it can be scary if they start to get things rolling and now we're seeing it like they're getting momentum, and uh, you know my X factor that I chose was Puig, and you're seeing him uh, kind of do some some pretty good stuff lately too. So, yeah, not surprised, just not thrilled. Um, do you want to recap David Price's game first to make me feel a little better since we haven't been on here in a while? You know what? I I give the Yankees a hard enough time. I I'd be okay with that. We can okay. we, we can take a look back at that real quick if you'd okay. like. Okay. Fair. So, uh, what did he get? Inning and a third. I believe that's David what, Price. I believe that's what it was. Inning and a third. Um, I had him going five and a third. I really thought pitching at home would be the the deciding factor for him. The thing that would really get him over the edge. But this is this not. is developing into a true issue. Like this really is a legitimate issue. Yeah, it's it's it's, he's beyond, bad it's, it's beyond the point the of it's beyond the point of Yankee fans using it as like a a joke or a topic of controversy. It's it's really becoming a thing where it's like, all right, something has to happen or else we got to stop paying them all this money. Like, yeah, and it's gonna be honestly if. If uh, if the Red Sox move on this year, or if you see him next year in the same situation, I don't see him being in the starting rotation. I see him being skipped over when it comes playoff time, and moving him into the bullpen. That was effective last year, right? Yeah, and they've moved him to the pen. That he, I think, he was available last uh, last night in the blowout, and then I think he's, uh, I think Corey said he's available in games four and five, um, if if necessary. So, yeah. I mean, so we'll I mean, see. as far as yeah, as far as the rest of the game goes, I think, um, you know, we're we're both seeing Achilles' heels for these teams, and the Red Sox bullpen has kind of always been shaky, um, always been an issue. Even in Game One with Sale, you saw the bullpen kind of kind of give up and let this game get a little too close. You could sense um, it. In, in, you could sense it looking around Fenway. Like there, people just oh, got yeah. real uneasy when, once yep. he came out. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, obviously Price had his issues. So, you know, it's just, I think we're seeing Achilles heels, um, you know, where you guys pitching can be an issue. Offense is always going to be there. Um, I think both teams' offense is always kind of there for the most part. But uh, Achilles' heel for the Yankees that we saw last night in the blowout, um, unfortunately, is our manager, Aaron Boone. Um, It was expressed on here from day one. I'm not sold yet. I'm not a fan. He seems too soft for me. Um, I get the whole players' connection thing. I, I don't like his feel for the game. He he's he's 
reactionary um, instead of being progressive in his moves. Uh, Severino never should have, you know, started that that fourth inning last night. I'd agree. Never should have happened. Um, and I can promise you, Lance Lynn should not be the guy coming into a bases loaded, no out situation. You have a fantastic bullpen. Don't look for outs at this point. Don't you know what I'm saying? Don't look to just get outs and get there. It's I got to get out of this situation. If you use Chad Green in that situation or David Robertson in that situation for one out, I'm cool with it because that really broke it open and really kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. Um, But he is a massive Achilles heel. I can promise you he's getting blown up on, on all types of social media for his decisions. It's just, it's not good. I don't know what was worse, him or Angel Hernandez. Oh my God. What was that? I mean, that guy is brutal. And we're going to see him behind the plate tonight. Yeah, I saw that. What what a reward, huh? How about Yeah. It? And I think him and CC have some some history, so it'll be nice to Speaking of which, before we get into game 4 tonight, we're still going to cover game 3 cuz you can't let that slide. Um my X factor. How about it, huh? Get the ball for game 4. I'm talking Sabathia. That's my guy, remember? Oh. Game, uh, game four X-Factor is getting the ball. I think uh, it'll be a short leash. I think it'll be maybe one, one and a half times through the lineup. Um, but, again, like like you said, that veteran presence, that leader, he's a he's the leader in the clubhouse. Um, him, I think him and Aaron Judge are the guys that are that are leading that clubhouse. But he's just like this big bear standing up on the mound. He's screaming. I, I see him getting just fired up, getting the crowd fired up. Um, I don't – I think it's successful if he goes – personally, I think it's successful if he goes two-plus. I'm okay with two-plus of scoreless one or two-hit baseball. I'm okay with that. And then using our strength in the bullpen, not Lance Lynn, our normal bullpen pieces. Austin Roman. And Clutch, by the way. He's uh, pretty pretty solid. Yeah, love Roman. Well, I don't know if Clutch is exactly the right word. I mean, you just allowed the first cycle in MLB postseason history. So maybe maybe we need to readdress the definition of of Clutch. He did touch 80 on the mound. Yeah, and like I tweeted out, gave up less runs in his outing than Severino did, who is your supposed ace. But He's... uh... This was a big step back for sure. Um, well, maybe if he didn't start warming up at 732 for a 740 game. I saw that. And the Yankees are sticking to the story that um, that he had plenty of time. and it's, I think that was an issue. Because um, I think it's – I heard um, CC mention – uh, on something that I was listening to him, he was talking about he goes anywhere from 38 to 42 pitches in his pregame warmup. Severino did not get anywhere near 30 pitches no. in eight minutes. So I, I did see apparently somebody had mentioned the fact that there was footage of him uh, being told by his pitching coach that the game started. I guess they were like reading his lips or something, and the yeah. pitching, pitching coach told him that it was a 740 start and. Apparently Severino kind of 
I guess was surprised in a, in a way. I don't I don't know if there's yeah. any truth to that, but I mean, so strange. I would imagine so strange to see that. I, I I would have never expected this to be an issue. You know what I mean? At this level, it's like it was just it was really weird to to hear when that came out. But I I did see it on Sports Center this morning with Larry Rothschild um, in the uh, in the bullpen saying, "Hey, game time seven forty two first pitch or seven seven forty and it was at seven thirty two and it's like that that's just not a lot of time. It's not good enough. Um, uh, I was nervous in the first inning. He got out of the first inning pretty unscathed, but there was a lot of barrels. First pitch uh, was driven to dead center yep. uh, to the track. A couple barrels after that. So, I mean, like, I was nervous from the get-go, and I remember saying, I was like, it, these balls are hit hard. And so, typically, when we see balls hit hard, it, it doesn't turn into, all of a sudden, missing barrels. You know what I mean? Well, it I can, typically stays with that script. Well, I can tell you, if I'm a Yankees fan, and somehow the Yankees were to come back and win this series and advance to the American League Championship Series, I'm not wanting... I, I know as a baseball fan, I'm not going to want to buy tickets to watch Severino pitch if he's only going to allow himself eight minutes to warm up before a game. So who would you go buy tickets to see? Well, and how? if the Yankees came out and said that they were going to throw somebody else, I would be I'd be much more willing to purchase tickets. And if I were to do that, I would utilize SeatGeek. Do you know nope. tickets? SeatGeek. Oh, okay. This isn't the first time I've read this ad, Nate. <laughs> SeatGeek. Do you need tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concerts, shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. The next time you add some tickets to your cart... Use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your purchase as a first-time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that cold, hard cash and our promo code DTD at checkout. All right. I know we've been talking about Red Sox-Yankees. Can we just break down one more time for the people what happened last night? We can talk about Game 4 all we want, but we're not going to let Game 3 slide by like it never happened. Um... So 16 you know, runs in a playoff game, allowing a, the first major league postseason cycle to a bench player. Yeah. What is going on in New York? I'll tell you what's going on. A note to Aaron Judge, don't ever lo- walk out of Fenway playing Sinatra again. I'll tell you that much. Well, we'll be doing that again in a few days. I mean. I'm not sweating it. I'm not going to um, that comment. <laughs> the nice thing is and you can you can attest to this even with your team getting the victory it is it is only one game a victory that's a that's a very mild way of putting it but continue <laughs> it is only one game and um you know it's it was rough it was hard to watch it wasn't fun um, it was aggravating on so many levels. It was, I don't know. It was just, it became after that seven run inning, it was done. It didn't matter what was happening. I didn't see any type of comeback. I didn't see any type of effort on a comeback. Um, 
you know, crowds getting excited on infield hits after that. And it was like, yeah, we're not, this isn't going to happen. Just not the night. Um, well, I mean, you're all fans in the wildcard game said you wanted Boston and you got Boston. So, okay. That's still a good series. We're still playing well. We played well in game one, even on a loss. Played great in game two. Um, like I said, we're seeing an Achilles heel in decision-making um, with Boone. We're seeing an Achilles heel of, of relying on the long ball as an offensive unit. And, uh, yeah. So it's, it's not the end of the world. It was a rough one. Series, series is still alive. Um, and it was just one game. I mean, it sucked. It was it's brutal. One, it's one game in a five-game series, Nate. This isn't a 162-game series. It's one game. It's one game. It doesn't. To me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was eight nothing. If it was eight two. If it was sixteen to one. If it was twenty to one. To me, my mentality as a player or in that clubhouse doesn't change. It wasn't our night. It doesn't matter. If we lost, we lost. It doesn't matter how much we lost, right? So, yeah, it's just I would, one game. I would give you that if it was a game or if it was a seven-game series. But in a five-game series, there's – I don't care what the guys say to the reporters when they're interviewing them before tonight's game. There's, there's a little panic going around the, the New York Yankees clubhouse because they're aware that while we're so used to seeing each other in seven-game series, ALCS, blah, 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 this is a little different series, a little different situation. Backs up against the wall. We have two chances yeah, to win one game. I'm I'm thinking New York's a little little panicked right now. Um, especially I wouldn't say panicked. Well, I wouldn't say panicked, well, but pressing. You Definitely said pressing. you said CC, which I I would agree with you. Is on a very short leash, so we can only imagine him going a few innings at most. To me, that just I mean, I know you all have a great bullpen, but to me, I don't know how I would feel knowing that it's an immediate bullpen game the second CC comes out in a game that you have to win. Like, sure, they've been great, but I mean, is that is that what you're going to want to rely on in this game? This one, this one is a survival. It's it's just, it's at all means. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about feelings. It doesn't matter about nostalgia of sticking with the starter none of that matters it's it is survival do whatever we can to get those 27 outs and let our offense get back on track um and i think cc knows that that's it's it doesn't matter to me because it's it's let's use our strength you know what i'm saying let's use our strength let's let's let cc bring the fire of of a leadership role um, when he first steps up on the mound and let's carry that momentum. Um, let's let the bullpen do their thing. Don Batances, you're probably going to see for two innings. Zach Britton, you're probably going to see for two innings. Dave Robertson, two innings. So, and then, uh, you probably see Chad Green again. Not quite sure, but, uh, you're, you're going to see just survival and let's keep our offense with a chance. That's it. That's all that matters to me. I mean, so, this is all if Boston hasn't put up 10 runs in the first inning. Uh, 
uh, not going to happen again. I don't know. This, this is going to be a good game. This is going to be a good game. And truth is that Porcello's tough. Like he's Porcello's good. Um, but, you know, he's under that cloud of underperforming in the playoffs. So we'll see if the David Price curse with him sticks around or goes away or whatever. No, I hate to break it to you. David Price owns that curse 100%. I don't think anybody even wants to get around that guy right about now. He's, yeah. He's on thin ice. No, I take it back. He's already fallen through. It's <laughs> it's over with him. Yeah. So, uh, it's going to be a great game. I'm excited. Um, I'm nervous, but that's that's any case. I was nervous in the wild card game. I was confident, but I was nervous. And so that's the way I'm feeling tonight. Like I said, no matter if it was a 16-1 loss or an 8-2 loss or a 5-1 loss or a 5-4 loss, going into this game, and this is what I predicted, by the way, because you asked me, you said, do you see, you see Yankees going three straight? And I said, no. I said, I said each team is going to take one in the away stadium. I think we're and just, then I think it's going to come down to game five. Point. It's going to come down to game five. I think you're just making stuff up. Nope. You know I said it. I don't remember this. I said being five. Said. All right. Well, then give me your give me your realistic, rational prediction for tonight's tonight's game. Three two Yankees. All right. Well, I'm going to say Sox going to come out hot, swinging. They're going to put up three on CC. Score a few throughout the remaining innings. I'm going to say, you know what, I'll even give the Yankees a little bit of offensive respect. I'm going to say 7-4, Boston. Wow. On to the ALCS. See you next year, Yankees. Well, that'll do it. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys later this week. At least that's the plan, unless Nate says otherwise. Uh... <laughs> But this is my call, so I'm saying we're going to go later in the week. So I hope you're ready, Nate. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that review. Nate, how many stars should they give? Cinco. Five stars. We love you all, and as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until then, stay filthy. What the f- are you to take? You take! Don't tell me you don't see it! You f- look! You understand?